This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Hello everyone, I'm Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs and the host of Vegas Rock Dog Radio. On today's show, I'm talking about hurricanes, how they impact your pets, and a serious FDA warning for pet parents. So stay right there. on the host, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm Sam. I am the queen of rock and roll dogs, and this is Vegas Rock Dog Radio. We are a rock and roll show all about pets, people, and pop culture. In studio with me today is Jim DeRico. Uh, Good morning, everyone. Uh-huh. Thank you uh, very much. And we've got Mr. Twix chewing on his little squirrel. It's not real. Chewing on his little squ- squirrel, which I much prefer that he does that than chew on his paws. And we've got Miss Thornton and Miss Galaxy. She looks down on us every week. Make sure we do a great show for you. And we have a great show today. We have so much going on. You know, Jim, my headphones are making me crazy. Why, why is that? Because they're falling apart. Well, maybe we can get you a new some new headphones. I need them. I, the, all those, those are twenty years old. They're ama- They are amazing, though, Jim. They're the standard. They're amazing. Maybe we'll get you another pair. But the trouble is that that um, rubbery kind of coating that seals them mm. is all peeled off. So it's after happening every sh- on mine as well. After every show, I've got black bits all over me. Yeah. <laughs> Sad for you. <laughs> so, lots to talk about today in the show. We've got some news. We've got some um, some great information. And it's been quite the week when it comes to weather in certain parts of the USA. Actually, all, all over the world. This is hurricane season, season, isn't it, Jim? It sure is. So, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And we're going to talk about, I say, uh, an FDA warning and some other bits and pieces. So, before we actually do any of that, let's talk about where the heck you're going to find it on the internet. On the internets. <laughs> Our website, our main website is VegasRockDogRadio.com. You can listen to the show live there and you can also listen to um, archive shows as well, all in one spot. We will pop up periodically on Periscope, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And we do have a blog. And the blog is the rock and, rock and roll dog.com. Actually, on that blog, 
is where I post up the shows after every single show, but I also post up a lot of my my finds, my pet finds, and uh, and link back to them on my Amazon influencer page, which is what I have. And uh, oh wow, am I curating a lot of stuff? And now I'm getting to the point where I'm creating lists. For example, you want to throw a pet party? I have an entire list of products and all the links, so you don't have to go searching around for anything. It's all in one list. Another list I did this week, and this will make you laugh, Jim, because. I don't like this particular thing, but I found really cool pet products that have an avocado theme to them. Why? That's your new obsession, I've noticed don't, this week. I don't like Are avocados. You, yeah. <laughs> I'm allergic to them now. I don't know why. I never particularly like their texture, though, either. I think it's weird. not an allergy. I think it's a psychology. No. no. Are you sure? You witnessed how that, ha- how that went down. Anyway, so you know, the things that are popular right now are avocados, pineapples, unicorns, sloths. Is that the plural for sloths? Sloth eye? Sloths? <laughs> Sloth. Sloth. Um, so I've curated all these great pet products that have avocados on them. And uh, again, we put that in a, it just says pets and avocados. That's that list name. Oh, I found all kinds of things. Really, really adorable. So that's what you'll find a lot of on the Rock and Roll Dog. Of course, I post them on the social media platforms anyway. Now, if you do miss the show, then you can go to iTunes and you can catch up on episodes there. You can also catch our pet tip of the day, which we are we are going to be recording a huge slew of them. And they're 30 seconds uh, more or less. And it's a little, you know, blurb of information that uh, helps you become a better pet parent. You can also find our show on iHeartRadio, spoke by SiriusXM, and most recently, Spotify. So you can find us on Spotify as well. Very, very exciting. Well, let's talk about, since we're talking about tip of the week, here we go. Here's a tip of the week. So if you would like to clicker train your dog or puppy, and you're finding your dog can be a little bit sensitive to the clicker, because, I mean, it is a it is a snap. I mean, it's loud. Then I have a solution for you. And did you know that there is a clicker that is a soft clicker? It's a soft clicker. And it's uh, it's uh, an easy, easy to use. It's a soft pressure one, so you don't have to really press hard on it. And it has a much softer sound. And sensitive dogs respond very, very well to it. So in case you didn't know that existed, now you do. And if you don't know what clicker training is... It is a way to, to mark good behavior. Now, when you ask your dog to sit, and of course, you've got to have some rewards with you, you know, some treats, a little bit of chicken, you know, a little piece of chicken. And you ask your dog to sit. The second your dog sits, you click and you treat. Yeah, you or click on reward. It can be a treat. It's usually good to start with food if dogs, your dog is very food motivated. Eventually, you'll, you'll remove that treat. And of course, there's always loads of praise and that becomes the treat. Yeah. And eventually the clicker goes away when they've solidified that one, um, that one command. So that's uh, another way to do it is to get a soft clicker and they do respond well because they go, ah, oh, I know what happens when I, I've done this. Oh, that happened. And then this happened, which was the treat or the praise. And there's a really big, a really good connection there that's very positive. And a clicker is very inexpensive. So to make your lives even easier, I've added a soft clicker to my Amazon influencer page. And that page is amazon.com backslash, backslash shop backslash Vegas Rock Dog. And it's easy to find. You'll also find that 
on um, on my blog. And I've also, uh, I'm, I'm just putting this link out there everywhere. So I thought that was great. And it's inexpensive, very, very effective, uh, great way to train your dog in a very positive way. Right. So here's an, here's an update. Here's the update. So as I said, there was some horrific weather uh, throughout the world. It's hurricane season. The States was, um, was definitely affected uh, in a bad way, especially the Carolinas. So that's North Carolina, South Carolina. And uh, it was called Hur- Hurricane Florence uh, decided to come through. Here's a little piece of information that I literally picked up this morning. They said that North Carolina's famous wild horses emerged from Hurricane Florence unscathed. And um, they said they're thrilled to report that the herds of wild horses that roam North Carolina's outer banks have emerged from Hurricane Florence without anything wrong with them, not a scratch. Cape uh, Hatera's National Seashore and Corolla Wild Horse Fund both confirmed on social media this weekend that the um, uh, equine... Uh, populations are safe and sound following uh, the hurricane last week. I mean, that was uh, that was bad. Well, the Corolla Wild Horse uh, Fund herd manager, Meg Puckett, told the news uh, and, and observer that the wild herd found higher ground and grouped together against the wind and rain. People on the island also kept an eye on them. Can you believe this, Jim? Isn't that amazing? So- it, it's a ama- Well, they, they have to know their territory. That's right. They, they it, know their stuff, it's right? It's nature. It's nature. So, yeah, so you're so, one of your favorite topics. It ever. is. Nature's my favorite topic. I love a nature program. You, you'll, you'll more than likely see us watching a PBS uh, <laughs> nature program that you've been at rock concert these days. Anyway, so far, it's, it's been business as usual for them. They're out grazing in the normal spots, and the horses are back out at all their usual haunts. Now, further south, uh, Cape Patera's National Seashore confirmed that their herd of ponies on Ocracoke Island I love that name, Ocracoke or Ocracoke, Ocracoke. Uh, they fed well in the storm. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Begin the pokey. Uh, <laughs> that their ponies are safe and that the pony pen did not sustain any damage from the hurricane. And the National Park wrote, uh, uh, you know, that they're just happily grazing like they normally do those ponies. But leading up to the uh, to the hurricane, Sue Stuska. She's a wildlife biologist. She's based in Cape Lookout National Seashore. She explained that the horses are highly sensitive to weather changes and instinctively know what to do in a storm. It's amazing. It's a shame human beings aren't like that because we saw some ridiculous decisions made. Ridiculous. And we'll get onto that in a second. She said, naturally, they are meant to be outside. They have high, gr- they have high ground and they have thick places to hide. Don't worry about them. They've survived for hundreds of years and we expect they'll just be fine. And, you know, she was just so right on that. And I've, I've mentioned this many times. We've got the wild mustangs out here in uh, in Nevada. And uh, they keep rounding them up and they keep killing them. And they keep saying, oh, it's, it's to conserve them. Oh, they're struggling. No, they have been here for thousands of years, haven't they, Jim? On this earth, these wild horses. Well, yeah, they're... It's well, in their DNA. There's two things, though. There were ancient wild horses that were little mini horses. That's right? right. Yes, that were always here in North America. Yeah, and then there were the horses that came over with the Spaniards and that have been here for hundreds and yeah. hundreds of years and ended up thriving. Thriving, and in nature, it is you know the strongest survive, but they know their environment. So why these humans need to, and let me tell you, it is vast out here. It is vast. So we think there's something else going on at play because you know how it is. They're selling off land and this, that, and the other. I'm sorry. It, it, leave them be. Leave them. They don't, seriously, if you cared about them that much, you think killing them is caring about them? 
How about feeding them? <laughs> How about that? How about that? So uh, we have a big problem with that. It's the history of this this region, and you should not mess with it, particularly if if it's for some kind of financial game. Uh, they are not supposed to round them up mechanically, but they do it with a helicopter, and that is mechanically rounding them up. And it is horrific what happens to them. So I'm really glad that these people just love these wild horses and these ponies, and they let them be. Let them be. They know what to do. They have good instincts. How do you think they've been around for so long? Like, come on. Kind of leading on to that, obviously, I was keeping an eye on what was going on and trying to find information on what people can do with their pets. Now, what I found, and people were messaging me like crazy from all over the country, was we're in North Carolina. Uh, the shelters won't take our pets. Red Cross won't take our pets. Now, in case you didn't know this, we have a law, and it's called the Pets Act. And I did tweet with the Red Cross and said, can you explain to me why you are not accepting pets oh, when... I, I didn't know you tweeted them. I knew you tweeted somebody else high up. Yeah, I tweeted the president too to let him know that these shelters were not allowing pets and that's the Pets Act because that's how I roll. <laughs> I didn't hear back from either of them. No, the Red Cross probably... Doesn't have somebody doing social, media. and they should have in an in, in in emergencies. Someone needs to be living on their social media accounts with updates, constant updates of the timestamp on it. Anyway, they never got back to me. Now here's the, I want to explain what this pets act is. It's 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 not just a law for a certain state. It's for the whole country. The Pets Evacuation and Transportation Standards Act is a bipartisan initiative in the United States House of Representatives to require states seeking federal emergency management agency assistance to accommodate pets and service animals in their plans for evacuating residents facing disasters. Now, disasters can be hurricanes, disasters, disasters can be extreme heat, which is what we experienced when power went out this summer, and it was 110 degrees, and I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, it can be all manner of things. It can be an earthquake. It can be a tsunami. What are the plans? So this is, this is why this was put in place. So uh, when they seek federal emergency management uh, assistance, they're seeking that from FEMA, and that's the acronym for it. And uh, it's to accommodate pets and service animals. It was introduced by Congressman Tom Lantos of California and Christopher Shays of Connecticut. And that was in 2005. There's no reason for any local government to not know about this law because all states have emergencies all the time. So as you can see, I'm getting a little bit heated about this. In fact, I was really heated on the day. Um, the bill passed uh, the House of Representatives in 2006 uh, by a margin of 349 to 29. I want to know who the 29 are. <laughs> who are the 29 people in Congress that did not go for this? Really? Don't trust people that don't like animals. Just don't trust them, honestly. Anyway, um, it was signed into law by President George Bush. That tells you how long ago it was, and it's now a public law. The bill was initiated after the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. Everybody remembers that when the abandonment of many thousands of animals and other animals brought the matter of animal welfare to the national to, to, to national attention. The bill's, pri bill's primary pur proposer, Tom Lantos, he indicated that a press 
picture of a child being separated from his dog was the bill's catalyst. The dog was taken away from this little boy and to watch his face was a singularly revealing and tragic experience. This legislation was born at the moment on the congressional record for the bill, he explained more fully, that the scene from New Orleans of this nine-year-old boy crying because he was not allowed to take his little white dog Snowball was too much to bear. And it wasn't just him, but that was the one thing that was like, oh, this just flipped the script completely. Um, He said, personally, I know I wouldn't have been able to leave my little white dog Masco to a fate of almost certain death. As I watched the images of the heartbreaking choices the Gulf uh, residents had to make, I was moved to find a way to prevent prevent this from ever happening again. It was. It was outrageous. And if there's ever a time that you need to tap into your humanity and being a decent human being, you know what? Lives are more important than laws and rules. Do you know what? In those situations, like we call it a jobs worth in England. Like, really? You're taking that way too seriously. Get these animals out there with their owners. They're going to look after their pets. They're going to be with them. Terrible decision. And, and you know, of course, you can imagine people did not leave. They said, I'm not leaving my pets. I'll climb on the roof of my house with my pets. It was shameful. I mean, so shameful. Uh, one particular case that garnered widespread attention was that of of, of Snowball, and it just became just huge, a huge, huge story. Um, the authorities who assisted evacuees onto buses just refused to allow pets on board. Foster reported that pets were not allowed on the bus, and when a police officer confiscated a little boy's dog, the child cried until he vomited, screaming that dog's name, Snowball, Snowball. Horrible. Oh my gosh, it winds me up big time. Anyway, the story of Snowball became the centerpiece in fundraising appeals by welfare organizations and various ad hoc websites were created for people soliciting funds to help locate Snowball and reunite him with uh, the little boy. Um, And... uh, uh, today reported that Terry Conger, veterinarian information officer for the Incident Command Center that coordinated animal rescues in Louisiana, said state veterinary officers had confirmed that Snowball was safe in a Louisiana shelter and that his owner had been located in Texas. Think about that. However, it appears the veterinarian officials were mistaken. Oh, on September 2005, the Lexington Herald leader quoted Congress saying that original reports of Snowball's recovery were inaccurate and that the chances of finding him and returning him were next to nil. Terrible. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Scarred that Scarred. little child. Oh, for sure. And then anyone else who has animals can just look at that and go, no way could I live through that. It's terrible. So we, so we have the Hurricane Florence going on. And then people messaging. And I'm not kidding you from all these affected areas. Do you know where we can take a patch? Do you know? So I started doing a bunch of work. And I started contacting agencies and I found some some shelters that were like, yes, come to the community center, bring your pets, absolutely. And then the Red Cross did not reply back to me. Now, I had a situation similar to this in summer here in Vegas. Our power went out, 10,000, ours personally didn't, I don't know how, we were in a pocket where we weren't affected, but everyone else around us was 10,000 people without power with triple digits. We were about 110. It was absolutely horrific. Now, I immediately go to the, the government website, the local government website, see what the plans are. People again, Sam, where do we go with our pets? Da, 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 da. And there's very little information on any of their social media platforms. Again, someone needs to be living on them when you've got a, a, an emergency situation. So I thought, well, I'm going to message them. And I said, 
It was actually City of Henderson, by the way. So I messaged them and I said, what provisions do you have for people with pets? Where are they going to go? I see you only have one shelter and pets are not allowed. Which is, they can't do that. (laughs) Because you have to have an evacuation plan. And they said, "Uh, yeah, no, pets aren't allowed. And it was only open for certain hours, which made no sense to me. It was the senior center. And I said, what provisions do you have? And they said, well, we're going to, we were going to speak to a couple of veterinarians. So what are you on about? I mean, what? I mean, do you even have any words? Veterinarians are there for animals who are sick. And you you think they've just got rows and rows of empty cages for animals? Are they off their heads? Low information people that don't really take stock in how big the situation should be. And let me tell you something. Is it the first time we've lost power? No, it's not. So you know this is this is an ongoing issue that's never been addressed. It's not been addressed in 2018. It's still not been addressed, the emergency of animals, emergency care of animals. And I said, uh, they don't have space. I said, can I make a suggestion? And they said, yeah. <laughs> I do like to be a little facetious at times. And I said, you know, we've got, what, eight, nine community centers. Do you know what I mean? And... Uh, I suggest you open them. Are you okay, Jim? You look a bit perturbed. No, I just thought I heard a little bit of an echo going on. Your phone is turned off, is that? I'm sorry that I'm bringing our tech, No, no, my, my phone's actually house. on. Do you want me to turn it off? Please turn it off. Because I like to keep an eye out on the Thank news and see what's much. coming up for the animals. Anyway, um, so I said, yeah, we have at least eight or nine huge rec centers. One of them is massive. And I said, I suggest you open those up to the public. I mean, we pay for those. I suggest you open them up. They're these huge rooms, huge rooms of fitness and sports and activities. And it was the most bizarre conversation I had with them. And I said, and also, let me make another suggestion for you. We have a heck of a lot of, of uh, indoor um, doggy daycares, yeah? A friend of mine just opened hers, Barks Parks. Huge, huge. I said, why don't you reach out to them? Why don't you reach out? They would say immediately, absolutely, bring a crate, bring your pets. You'll be good to go. Bring, you know, bring the carrier. You'll be good to go. It's an emergency. And that, that was it. And I said, may I also remind you that you are supposed to have something in place because of the Pets Act. And they said, what is that? Can you send us a link? So I sent them a link. <laughs> and they still didn't do anything. But because, one, I love animals, and I don't like to see anyone in distress because... You know, it's particularly elderly people. First of all, I wasn't even sure how they were even getting to this one rec center. I didn't see anything that said they had any shuttles going on. Because I had people messaging me and saying, I'd, I'd love to go over there because it's got air conditioning, but I don't, I don't have a vehicle. I don't drive. Oh, such a failure. Such a failure. And it went on for days. Didn't have power for a few days. So um, people were messaging me back and, and asking me, and I, I had nowhere to nowhere to send them, nowhere to send these people, which is to me shameful, irresponsible, and 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 that is the law from a local to a state to a federal to federal government. This has to be a plan in place. So, not someone to just roll over on this kind of stuff. I probably am going to make a concerted effort. We've got a lot going on here right now at the moment, but I want to make an effort to actually meet with our new mayor 
and and talk to her about it. I would like to be on a team that helps coordinate in an emergency what you know this is going to be the plan and who are the players and how do we bring them bring them into the fold because we can't afford for this to happen again because you will either stay there with your pets and in without air conditioning trust me it's it's horrendous or you'll leave your pet in the heat and you'll go and take care of yourself either way a bad scenario so that's that's um on my list it's on my agenda because power will go out again we had a storm that's what happened we had a we have these um what do they call them jim monsoons monsoons we're in the monsoon season so even though it's like super hot we it's super rainy we get a lot of wind as well lightning yeah it's quite Uh, and i generally get excited because you know being a brit like a nice little bit of rain now and again but uh not at the expense of people and their pets and the stress and do stress it puts on them so there you go uh so that was uh I say my own personal experience and my experience of people reaching out to me and having nowhere to go and they were desperate these people were desperate just like we can't leave that where are we going to go oh it's horrible and then of course you always get a good old smattering of really horrible people that just don't like animals <laughs> they have to put their two penneth in i'm like you know your hatred is showing <laughs> hashtag your hatred is showing these people have no perception of how awful they are, particularly in the comments that they post. So, wow, you, you just revealed that? You want to reveal to people how horrible you are? But they don't care. But for the most part, I will say the biggest complaints on the government uh, Facebook pages that I was visiting was, where are the provisions of the pets? That was the biggest, biggest complaint. People were not happy at all and scared. I'm very, very scared. Okay, and I think what I, we should do, there was... Um, I think what we should do is put together a an emergency plan. I know we have one, but I think I want to update it because there was a lady that I saved uh, her post on on one of those government websites. She had some brilliant tips, brilliant tips. One of them, she said, "You know what? Go get a you know piece of grass or fake grass, throw it in the bottom of a kiddie's paddling pool so that your dogs have somewhere to go for the bath to the bathroom." Oh, that was a great idea because where are they going to go if you're in a in a garage or wherever you're holed up? Where are they going to go to the bathroom? And you know, lots of dogs will not wee wee or poo poo unless they're on grass or something like that. Two of mine prefer it. Yeah, <laughs> two two out of two dogs prefer weeing on grass <laughs> and bushes. <laughs> bushes <laughs> and other places where dogs have already weed. Here's an interesting thing about our dogs. I'm completely digressing, but Thornton. Uh, she's a girl, wheeze like a girl at home. Twix, boy, wheeze at home like a girl. On the walks, Twix wheeze like a boy. And Thornton does a handstand literally on her two front paws and wheeze up in the air. And if he stood behind her, oh, that's uh, not good. He wheeze on her head. She, he wheeze, she wheeze on his head. Isn't that interesting? Does anyone else's dogs do that? They wee differently at home than they do, you know? Maybe it's a... I don't want anyone to see that I wee like a girl, so I should do it at home. I'll just be a bit lazy. <laughs> I wee like a boy, a boy in public. <laughs> I don't, Maybe. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Well, listen, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about this FDA warning for pet parents. It's very serious. We want to get this word out there. And uh, when we come back, we will give you all of the details. You're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio with me, Sam. I'm your host, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Put on a perfectly possum pet party. Having an awesome birthday or adoption day celebration for your four-legged friend? Or just want a fun excuse to throw a fun party with your friends from the dog park? 
Deck out your party with Molly and Bandit Pet Party Accessories, party products designed specifically for pets. There are wearables, including adjustable pet party hats, bow ties, and tutus. The photoprop kits include funny glasses and hats. The party supplies and decorations include coordinating table covers, party banners, cake decorations and treat bowls, cups and bags. Everything you need to create great memories and Instagram-worthy photos. They're available in two colorful themes, Tropical and Fireman. It's a dog's life. Celebrate it with Molly and Bandit Pet Party at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Well, that was a little strange. <laughs> the, the beauty of live radio, yeah, Jim. There was an anomaly. The the beauty of live radio, Jim. <laughs> There was an anomaly, as a matter of fact. I never panic about that stuff, though. I know what it is. Oh, really? Yeah, it's Mm. my fault. Ah, we'll let you off. We'll let you off. You're only human. You're only human. All right, so let's tell you about this FDA warning. Uh, It's not good. It is not good. And I'm sure when I give you this information, you're going to change what you do for your pets when it comes to flea and tick. So here's the fact sheet for pet owners and veterinarians about potential adverse events associated with isoaxoline flea and tick products. The FDA is alerting pet owners and veterinarians of the potential for neurological adverse events in dogs and cats when treated with drugs that are in the ISO. I, I don't know how to pronounce this. I just said it once. Isoexazoline. Isoexazoline. Isoexazoline class. So the FDA approved drugs in this class are Bre- Brevecto. Crudelio, NextGuard, and Simparica. You've probably seen those advertised on TV. These products are approved for the treatment of uh, prevention of flea infestations and treatment of control of tick infestations. Although these products can and have been safely used in the majority of dogs and cats, pet owners should consult with a veterinarian to review their patient's medical histories and determine whether a product is part of that uh, isoaxazoline class and is appropriate for the pet. I have my opinions on that. This is what you should know. The FDA considers products in that class to be safe. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> right? It's a chemical and effective for dogs and cats. It might be effective at killing fleas and ticks. Is it effective for your pet's health? That's the difference. But it is providing this information so that pet owners and veterinarians can take it into consideration when choosing flea and tick products for their pets. Um Isoexazoline products have been associated with neurological, neurologic adverse reactions, and this includes muscle tremors, ataxia. What's ataxia, Jim? Is that spasms? I'll look it up. Uh, How do you spell it? A-T-A-X-I-A, and seizures in some dogs and cats. And they say some, 
I know of a heck of a lot of cases. I do. Although most cat, dogs and cats haven't had neurological adverse reactions, seizures may occur in animals without prior history. Loss of coordination. Mm, terrible. If you saw the videos, it would just break your heart and make you incredibly angry. Many products are available for prevention and control of flea and tick infestations. And you can discuss all your options with your veterinarian. If I were you, discuss it with an integrative, holistic veterinarian. That's what I would do. Uh, what are the products? Uh, let's repeat those again. Brevecto, Crudelio, Nexgard, and Simparica. Um, uh, and what should you do if your pet has this adverse drug event while using this product? Uh, if they have this experience, um, you, you're going to get straight off to your veterinarian. Off you go. Don't waste time. Don't hope it's going to pass. Get off to the vet. The FDA continues to monitor adverse drug event reports for these products and encourages pet owners and veterinarians to report adverse drug events. That's a little issue too because the the reporting's a little bit weak. The reporting is weak. The reporting is weak for um, effects after vaccines as well. Um, so they're they're encouraging them to report it, and you can do this by reporting to the drug drugs manufacturers who are required to report this information to the FDA, or by submitting a report directly to the FDA. The report suspected adverse drug events for these products, and or obtain a copy of the safety data sheet for technical assistance. And you can call uh, Merck Animal Health, which is Brevecto, and that's eight hundred two two four five three one eight. Alanco Animal Health, which is Crudelio. 888-545-5973, Merial, which is NextGuard, 888-637-4251, and Zoetis, which is Simparica, 888-963-8471. Uh, these, show, these are going to go in the show notes, by the way. And if you prefer to report directly to the FDA, which is what I would do, or want additional information about adverse drug experience reporting for animal drugs, see the how to report animal drug side effects and product problems, and there'll be a link for that as well. If you've got any additional questions, you can also contact, um, this is the craziest email address, but it's a government email address, askcvm at fda.hhs.gov. I'll put it in the show notes. Or you can call 240-402-7002. I know people were asking yesterday, what on earth can I do? Lots of people uh, administer natural flea and tick. They do do that because these effects are terrifying. They're terrible chemicals. You may say, my cat's been okay, my dog's been okay, but it's it's building up in the system. That's the thing. And how is the body uh, detoxing from that? It's probably not. You know, so it might be, you know, you just take, you give it to your pet one time too many, whether it's orally or whether it's topical. I mean, we know the topical ones create burns. It's horrific. And uh, whatever you can, definitely go natural. Go natural. It's probably cheaper and it's something that you can maintain and um, and you'll have some peace of mind. And I know there are some areas of the country that are a heck of a lot worse than others. We don't have flea tick here. Uh, we do have to do a little spray thing when we go up to Mount Charleston in the mountains or if we go down to the beach in California. But that, that's my chair. But, um, you know, putting chemicals in your pets, it's bad news. It's really, really bad news. So what I recommend you do, and I'm going to post a link for you as well, is Dr. Karen Becker who we all love because she is, what I like is she's very um, outspoken about the veterinary industry. And, um, you know, she doesn't like it when, you know, our pets suffer 
unnecessarily from drugs, from bad food, from bad practices. Anyway, she did come up with a video yesterday of very, very good, doable natural remedies for flea and tick. So hop on over there because it's all well and good as saying, you know, you know, this is scary, don't use it. And then going, well, what am I going to do? We haven't given you a solution. So I'll make sure the link goes in the show notes for that as well and start reading up about it as much as you possibly can because you know when you can eliminate chemicals it's a very good thing it's a very very good thing um uh what should we talk about now i've got quite a few good topics actually to talk about today let's go i have to tell everybody the topic right now that's happening in the studio i can't see what is happening he not only crawled under the ottoman under your feet which he loves to be but half of his body is under your desk shelf on the on your right hand side now what his head is inside the shelf yeah He's halfway under your ottoman oh. and halfway inside the <laughs> shelf. I can see There's it. There's nothing he can get into there, is it? Um, oh, my goodness. Like a little comedian. I don't know. Can you? Uh, I think he, he's okay. He's doing something. Oh, yeah. He's messing around, but he doesn't have anything. He's something else. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, he's literally, he's like a snake. Oh, no. He has something from underneath your desk. I think we should, should take care of that. I'm going to have to uh, leave the desk here for a second. <laughs> Last night, last night he's running up and down the house, and I can tell when he's got something by the way he runs. Yeah, I'm like, what's he got? So he's got a box of something that I don't even know where he got it from. Even what is that? <gasps> he's trying to eat my. Oh, does he have any more of them? See. <laughs> I had these lovely English, these lovely English themed Christmas ornaments that were sent to me. One is of a British post box. Yeah. He almost took my finger off. He, al- he almost, I don't care about your finger. I care about my ornament. <laughs> Wait a minute. I need to check. Oh, he's like, he is something else. Anyway, last night he's running around with a box or something. What the heck has he got? Now, there the, are these hooks that go onto your coat hangers, yeah? So you can hook another um, coat hanger onto it. And I, I don't even know why I had them stored. I couldn't see where he got the box from. He's running up and down. Then he had a pair of sunglasses that had British flags all over him. I don't know where he got them from. I don't even know where I had them stored. Oh, he's something else. And he thinks he's hilarious and he runs around. I mean, I think I must say 10 times a day, give me that shoe. Whereas now he's knocking over. I've got all my shoes in plastic bins, plastic boxes, yeah, shoe boxes. And now he can knock, he's climbing up and he's knocking them over, taking the lids off, chewing the corners, and taking the shoes out. There's, there were five shoes out the other day, and he has a preference for the right shoe. <laughs> he only takes the right shoe. There's five out there. Mm-hmm. He is, honestly, it's my, I mean, of course, if I've got my closet door open, what do you expect? But you think they're protected in plastic shoe boxes. Now he can knock a stack of ten shoes over that one. <laughs> He's something else. <laughs> he really is. You know what he did this morning? Uh, and I'm sure you've heard him say it a million times, get a drink of water. And he goes, oh, thanks for the water. Yeah. So I'm uh, FaceTiming with friends yesterday and I had the water on the back of the sofa and hop up he gets, drinks it away, hydrates himself. So this morning I have a, a glass of water to bring in the studio and uh, he's looking at me like, oh, okay, you got my water for me. Oh, he's something Take else. Take care of it. I just give him their own glass now. Seriously. I get, get one for me and get one for them. It's so much easier because London started doing it. After 12 years, she started yeah. doing it. Oh, aren't they great though, dogs? You just, they have great personalities. 
This, they're just they're so individual, and uh, we embrace every little crazy thing about them, don't we, Jim? We just love them. We just love them to death. Well, let me tell you something that happened in Vegas. Here's a little bit of local news. Are you a local? Oh, you know what, Jim? I wish that we could get League of Gentlemen, the new new series, because it's not on BritBox yet, but that's a little quote from there. You local. Mm. I would love to see the new one. My sister said it's like they never went away. It's so funny. Anyway, I'm going off the subject there. I'm going on a bit of a tangent. We've got some local news. Here's some local news. Um, uh, Las Vegas Ambulance Company has now got a therapy dog. I think that's great. Why hasn't this happened before? It makes so much sense to me. Well, trainer Megan Leclerc, Leclerc, oh, I like that, um, and Mercy is a therapy dog in training and visits with the vehicle service technician Gianna Venezia at the American Medical Response and Medic West headquarters in Las Vegas. And um, so basically, uh, Mercy is the new therapist in, t- in town and she's uh, a little furry therapist as well. And she's just four months old. She's a golden doodle. and she became- For over at Medic West, yeah. Yeah. And became the newest American medical response and medic employee in July. And she'll serve as the ambulance company's therapy dog when she's fully trained. The inspiration for adding Mercy to the team came after the aftermath of October 1. And, and I'm sure you're very well aware of that shooting that happened on the Strip. Uh, biggest mass shooting in the country. Very traumatic for the city. Very traumatic. And we're coming up on the anniversary of that. So there'll be a lot going on in town. And we personally know... Um, uh, Bryce and his wife Stephanie Gherkin who uh, have the uh, charity and training uh, company called Michael's Angels Paws, Paws yes. Michael's Angel Angel or Angel's Paws Michael's Angel Paws Angel Paws and um, they had over a hundred therapy uh, teams, dog teams out there helping Everyone and everyone that needed help, whether it was people that were giving blood or people that needed to give information but were still traumatized. You know how they make you relaxed. And our good friend, Alicia Halloran, she had her dogs down there, Gracie and Odie. And, um, you know, it's, it, they are vital because it, it takes their mind off what they've just experienced. It helps them relax, helps them open up, and particularly when they when authorities need to get information from them. And it's just sometimes hard to recall or even speak. So um, it's just wonderful that we have friends who do that. And they said 100 teams was not enough. It was not enough. So um, if you're interested in that and you're in Las Vegas, Michael's Angel Paws, and you can get trained up with them, with your dog, if you think they would be a good, good fit. So anyway, so they've got a little mercy, and um, they said after October 1, my team and I witnessed firsthand how incredibly beneficial the therapy dogs were for our, for our 383 first responders from AMR and Medic West who responded that night, and that was uh, Scott White said this. He's the regional director. Mercy's mom and dad, Sadie and Bodie, they visited AMR in Vegas after the shooting, and it did kill 58 people. People are still, still uh, affected by that in many ways, whether it's physical, wounds or um you know ptsd um and it, and not just the people down there but the people that helped and their family members and um 
the therapy dogs, of course, like I said, help calm those coping with mental trauma, anxiety and depression. Diamond Schilling, government and a community affairs manager, AMR City, watched paramedics soften around Sadie and Bodie and process their emotions with the animal's help. Now, uh, paramedics, for the most part, are those strong-faced, strong-willed individuals. Nothing can bother us, uh, said Schilling. These employees had to realize it was okay to break down. It was okay to cry. And Mercy, who is scheduled to complete her training within the next year, will work full-time at the AMR headquarters here in Vegas. A trainer, paramedic, supervisor, uh, Megan LeClaire said, uh, Mercy will likely pass a certification test before then, but we will need to mature before living at the station. And once she's ready to work, Mercy will earn an AMR and Medic West vest to signal she's on duty. And the ambulance company plans to hold a graduation ceremony for the pup, which I think is wonderful. And until then, she's prancing around on AMR on puppy paws, learning commands like sit and stay, and earning a treat from Leclerc when she follows orders. Um, Leclerc said therapy dogs are really wonderful. Um, she's a 10-year certified dog trainer. And if, uh, even if somebody doesn't want to talk, having an outlet and someone who loves you is very beneficial. Uh, I think it's great. Yeah, sometimes you don't have to talk. You just We all know that, that have pets. You just hold your pets, hug your pets, feel a lot better. So I think that's wonderful that we've got that. Hopefully this becomes a trend and uh, we see more and more therapy dogs helping more and more people because you are panicked you know something happens to you you have to get an ambulance you know you know whoa what's going on it's a great way to calm people down it really is so i'm really thrilled that they've done that and that's a nice little local piece of news now the other thing i want to talk about today let me just make sure i've covered everything sometimes i flit around depending on how i feel yeah because <laughs> you know how that goes jim all too well. Let's talk about this. Thank you very much. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about this. Hang on. Um, found this kind of interesting, but not surprising. Interesting and not surprising. Uh, shelter dog genotyping reveals inaccuracy of breed assignments. Uh, Kimberly Darden. 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 She's got an apostrophe in there. We all know about the apostrophe, don't we, Jim, in our name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and some people's not understanding of it, <laughs> and all the aliases I have as a result of misspellings: Dorito, uh, Diarango, Durango, Diamigo, Diamito. What others have we had? Oh goodness! Here's the thing: I I've got this hyphenated name with an apostrophe in it. You know, when I tell the people, say, "Can you spell the name?" and I say, "D at the last, you know, Jim's last name, D apostrophe A." They always put a comma. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I'm looking at keyboards now. It's, it's a, a test. It's a test. It's a different key on the keyboard anyhow. Totally different key. I know. Oh, sometimes you say apostrophe and they go, yeah, what's the next letter? Because they don't know what an apostrophe is. Maybe they say, what letter is apostrophe? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that name. So if anyone used to call, when we used to have a landline, could I speak to Mr. Dorito? No, no, no such person here. That's how that goes. Uh, <laughs> That's why I really try hard to make sure I've got people's names right when they come on the show. I, I try really, really hard to make sure I can pronounce the names of um, chemicals, <laughs> drugs, diseases, <laughs> all those big long words. I have a good old bash at it, don't I, Jim? Yep. I do. I really try. You and, love your medical definitions. I know, but and you love it when you ace, when you ace a pronunciation. You just, you're so proud of yourself. It's the small things in life. It's the small things in life. So let's go back to Sheltered Dog Genotyping Reveals Inaccuracy of Breed Assignments by Kimberly D. D. Arden. <laughs> 
So the question is, who are shelter dogs? So ASU, which is Arizona State University, the researchers collected DNA from 900 dogs for a study. And uh, ASU study finds that most shelter dogs are comprised of three different breeds. Shelter dog breed identification is often inaccurate. And this is what we found. They said, imagine meeting a potential roommate for coffee, but instead of questioning that gauge how compatible you both would be living together, you were asked about your ancestry of your parents' families. Though this situation seems ridiculous, it happens all the time in animal shelters, where dogs are assigned breeds that are often just guessed from their physical appearance. We know that's not a good thing. Anyway, these breed assignments are then used to infer how the dogs might behave and also often impact the length of time a dog waits to be adopted. So you can see how making that kind of guess, how how that can impact that animal. The first step to understanding how breed labels might affect shelter dogs is to identify who shelter dogs actually are. And researchers in Arizona State University Department of Psychology have done just that. The ASU scientists genotyped shelter dogs in Arizona and California, and they compared the genetic information to the breed labels assigned in shelters. So here are the findings. So they did canine cheek swabs um, to answer the question. And the Canine Science Collaboratory researchers Lisa Gunter and Clive Wind collected this DNA from these 900 shelter dogs. They were housed at the Arizona Animal Welfare League and Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals in Phoenix and the San Diego Humane Society and Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals San Diego. For the genetic testing, the researchers used the Wisdom Panel Canine DNA test from Mars Veterinary. Is that Mars? As in Mars Inc.? Hmm, don't know, which we, would be interesting. Which is a commercial... Another show, perhaps. Uh, yeah, a topic for another show, which is a commercially available product. A small brush it was used to collect cells from the dog's cheeks and gums, and the samples were sent to a lab for processing. At the lab, DNA was extracted from the dog's cells and compared to over 300 sites in the canine genome that had been matched to specific breeds. Um, the three most common breeds at both AAWL and SDHS were the same. American Staffordshire Terrier, which a lot of people, that's, that, we use that, we use that uh, breed name in England all the time, so you may not be familiar with it here, people call it Pitbull, but it's American Staffordshire, well, it's one of them, American Staffordshire Terrier, Chihuahua, and Poodle. The poodle bit surprises me. Mm. Yet these breeds accounted for less than half of the dogs in the two shelters. So the, the most common breeds were the American Staffordshire Terrier, Chihuahua, and Poodle, yet these three breeds accounted for less than half of the dogs in the two shelters. Do you understand that? So sentence? yeah, so they're they're saying you the dog is this breed, but that's really only two percent oh, accurate. Okay, I'm with you. I didn't quite connect with that one. I'm I'm not connecting. I'm not connecting. So they're saying it's da 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 da, but in all reality, yeah. Okay, so the level of genetic diversity in the shelter dogs exceeded our expectations. We actually found 125 distinct breeds, said Gunter, who is Maddie's research fellow in the ASU Department of Psychology. We also found that just five percent of the shelter dogs were purebred. Even though it is commonly assumed that up to a quarter of dogs in shelters are purebred. 5%. Very small. Very small. The genetic testing gave the researchers information about three generations of ancestors for each dog. So they went back. On average, most dogs were comprised of three different breeds, with some dogs having up to five breed signatures identified at the great-grandparent level. Now, the breed identification has quite an outsized 
role in people's perceptions of dogs, said Wynn. He's the professor of psychology and head of the canine science collaboratory. Uh, What breed is he is often the first question people ask about a dog. But the answer is often terribly inaccurate. I see that all the time, too. (laughs) Yeah, we've had people tell us all kinds of things about dogs. I think people want to say things. They want to be be smart. They want to be, oh, look, yeah, I I know my dogs. Oh, I I have a story for you. I have a story for you. Remind me about ice skating dog. Just remind me about that. Anyway, so he said, when you adopt a dog, you're not adopting, you are not adopting a bully, a German Shepherd, or a St. Bernard. You're adopting Jerry or Mo. And when you love a dog, you don't love a German Shepherd, you love Jerry, (laughs) said Michael Moorfield, Director of Marketing Communications for AAWL. He's right. Who really cares? Once you get I just love you. I just love you, Mr. Twix. I just love you, Miss Thornton. Care what you are, you know. Anyway, it's sad that we got got to that point that we think looks are more important than than health, even in in animals. Anyway, the accuracy and unintended con- consequences of a label here they are. The genetic diversity among shelter dogs can make it difficult for shelter staff to assess the breed heritage of dogs. Gunter and Wynn partnered with ASU's Rebecca Barber, she's the assistant clinical professor in the Mary Lou Fulton Teachers College, to compare the breed information from the genetic testing to the labels given to the dogs in the San Diego shelter and at the shelter the staff use the physical appearance of a dog and breed descriptions from the american kennel club breed identification guides to identify a primary and secondary breed and when the researchers looked at whether either the assigned primary or secondary breed matched the information from their genetic profile they found that the shelter staff accuracy was have a guess jim how accurate they were point one they found that their, ac- their accuracy was 67%. 67%? I think this is wrong. No I, I think is it, it should say inaccuracy. I think. The, the accuracy fell to 10% when staff identified more than one breed. Okay, it must be inaccuracy. It's got to be. I need to, I need to, I need to look at this because I need to know that we're accurate in what we're reporting. Well, we're going to have to, yeah, wait, I, we might have to get back on that one. Yeah, let me just quickly go through this because I'll go back through it again. It may have just typed accuracy instead of inaccuracy. I'm going to say that they're not 67% accurate. Anyway, through breed label, uh, though breed labels are common in, she- in animal shelters, they can have unintended consequences. In a previous study, also published in um, PLOS One, the researchers found that dogs labeled as pit bulls waited over three times as long to be adopted. Terrible. You gave them a sentence. And in this study, the researchers found that dogs in San Diego shelter with a pit bull type ancestry waited more than three times as any other than any other breed that was in there. So how this breed label impacts a shelter dog extends beyond identification, of course. And the relationship between behavior and breed is kind of murky, except for certain behaviors that are breed specific, like pointing dogs. You know, that you can't mistake when you see it. The genetics of behavior is so complex that a dog who is a cross of two breeds might not behave much like the typical member of either of its parents' families. And that is true. Uh, Then you have a situation where breed typing is worse than stereotyping members of our own species. Breed labels would be better dropped altogether. I agree with that. How about this is a small dog, this is a medium dog, this is a big dog. (laughs) You know, this is a black dog, this is a white dog. This is a curly-haired dog. This is a no-haired dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I agree with that because if it has that kind of impact, why would you um, 
keep you know keep on with that practice um beyond breed labels to behavior now the behavioral diversity even within single breeds has led gunter and win to advocate for the importance of behavioral assessments instead of breed labels and what really matters is a dog's behavior and how it might fit into your adoptive family and here's the problem there aren't many behavioralists you got people in shelters saying they are you've got trainers saying they are and they're not so they don't even know what they're looking for and, they, and often they make things up. They do. We've seen it. We've heard it. We've witnessed it. Uh, shelter dogs are interesting and complex genetically. Gunter said there really are individuals and label, labeling them with a single breed can really minimize their un- uniqueness. And I think also people then can place on them their own um, opinions of what they think is a pit bull. Don't you think, Jim? They're, they place their own biases, I guess, on yeah. animals. You know, like, put like a false, you put like a false nine out trait of ten, on them. Sometimes. Nine out of ten people, when you get into a conversation about dogs and they want to show that they're authoritative, just <laughs> kind of irritate me. <laughs> I know. Sometimes really. you just don't, can't say anything. Like, oh, gee, look. Huh. I'm in the mood to Oh, look, educate. she has white hairs on her beard. She's old. Oh, people oh. are horrible. Yeah. I got, no, they're sparkles. Quit that. That's rude. That's rude. Like you don't know that your dog is getting older. Like, okay, thanks. And I don't need to feel sorry for my dog. Thornton's 12. She's more active than some dogs that are two. She's in Mm -hmm. great shape. And people wouldn't believe that she's she's 12. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't like that either. Labeling. Um, he said it's an important goal of the canine science collaboratory to is to design and validate a behavioral assessment that would provide insight into how dog behavior and a shelter translates behavior in a home and we know that can be very different very stressful places around other stressful animals and they're not getting the interaction that you would normally give them at home they're not getting walks not getting cuddles they don't get a blanket half the time they don't get toys they don't get get the normal things that that a dog at home would get who'd be more relaxed anyway this is such an assessment would be more informative than breed labels and might positively might positively impact shelter dogs i agree um AWL in Phoenix recently stopped publicizing breed information on the website. Oh my gosh, I love them. Maybe we need to challenge ours to do the same. Uh, and they don't do it on the kennel cards either. And through the breed labels, uh, you know, if anyone asks, then you know they'll they'll give they'll they request they'll give them some information if they have it. The shelter, which has a long-standing relationship with the collaboratory, made the decision based on the findings from the previous study that showed how certain breed labels increase the length of stay in a shelter. Oh, I think it's oh, I so love this idea. Oh, we need to do a challenge. Drop, drop the label, drop the breed label. Well, that would be good. Yeah, let's do. Let's do, let's do. Let's do. We can. That would go, be like a sticker. Yeah, we can do. We can do that. We could do a, a hashtag. Well, let's do it. Let's get it going and trending on social media. You know, take the challenge. Drop the breed labels. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're gonna do. That is exactly what we're gonna do. Um. So, um, everything about um. Uh, about the life experience of a dog uh, where he was before coming to the shelter and any medical issues he might have is what makes him who he is, not who his grandparents might have been, said Michael Moorfield, Director of Marketing Communications for AAWL. When you adopt a dog, like he says, you're not adopting a bully, a German Shepherd, a St. Bernard. You're adopting a a little being with with a name, Jerry or Mo. And when you love a dog, you just don't love a German Shepherd. You just love that. You love old Jerry. Um, I love this idea. I think we'll do this. I think this would be a great, uh, try and get this trending campaign going. Drop the labels. Just drop the labels. It doesn't matter because 
you're never going to get out of that that mentality of people going, oh, Pitbull, big, scary, it's Jaws Lock, which is a myth, by the way, a, a ridiculous myth. Oh, anyway, so, oh, I'm so excited, as you can tell. <laughs> I love a campaign. I love a campaign. We're going to do one. Um, let's close out this last story about people, what they think they know about animals. Um, I went to see a show the other night, actually, a very, very good show called The Mob Story. I think that's the correct name for it. It's here in Vegas at the Plaza. My great friend Andy Wormsley designed the set for it. And it's uh, it's a story about the mob in Vegas, done in a, in a musical format. Absolutely fantastic. Lots of dancers, which I love. Lots of dancers, great costumes, singers. There's a narrator. The narrator is a real, real mobster. No longer in the family. What do they call it? The firm, the family, whatever they call it. Cosa Nostra, is that what they call it? Is, is it a dangerous place to work because of that? No, he's out. He's done. And, and, yeah. he, and he tells his story. And it's brilliant they still want to take care of him uh well he's still alive so i guess he never he never turned he never turned anyone in he never not ratted what's the other word ratted oh yeah he never ratted anyone out because you know he said usually people get out of the mob either in a coffin or buried or in prison you know, chopped up or in prison. And so for those to, to for him to still be around, he says, you have to kind of do it the right way. Not easy, I would imagine, trying to get out from the mob. Very interesting show if you get a chance to go and see it. Really fun. The soundtrack to, for me was amazing. Very uh, modern, meets vintage. Really great. Anyway, so I'm sat with, I'm sat with someone who's a little bit famous. Little bit famous. <laughs> I don't want to say who it is. Anyway, someone else came up to me, uh, someone that's in, in the media and said, Hey, did you see did you see that video of that dog ice skating? Well I know who the dog is. And I said, Yeah, I did. I think it's disgusting. <laughs> I don't think it's right. I think it's terrible. I said, that's an accident, that's an injury waiting to happen. So there's a dog here in town, you know, we've got the golden knights and we've now got a, you know, ice rink and all that stuff, uh, and training training facility. They've made some kind of skates for this dog, and it's on its front legs, on its two front paws, sorry. And uh, the poor dog's all over its place. And if you know anything about body language, you know that dog is very, very scared. Very scared. Here's the thing. Who does that serve? Who does it serve to put ice skates on the front paws of a dog and just let it just skid across the ice like that? Who's Who does that serve? The abuser. It does not serve the dog. It's not funny. It's not clever. It's not cute. That is an injury waiting to happen. Now, I think people are sometimes surprised when I say stuff like that. I am very shoot from the hip anyway. I don't just love everything about animals, no matter what people do to them. I don't. And I think you have to, I always think about the welfare of an animal. And that's not right. That is not right. Now, this person also said to me, well, you know, I saw it, I showed my dad the video, he's a veterinarian, he said, well, as long as it's not done for a long, a prolonged period of time, let me tell you something, as a veterinarian, you should say, that's not right, that's not normal, dogs are not meant to be on skates, and dogs are not meant to be unstable like that, I mean, that dog is, and I've seen that dog being pimped out all over town, I do not like it at all, I think it's wrong, I think it's very wrong, you can't do this for clickbait, you can't do this to try and get famous on social media, because it's not right, it's not right to use animals in that way, you know, when they can be harmed. It's wrong. So uh, the person next to me, as is a little bit famous, said to me, yeah, but the dog, look, the dog's happy. Look, it's wagging its tail. I said, ah, but the wag of a tail. 
can mean very many different things depending on the position of the tail. You know, whether it ranks more to the right or to the left, or it's mid or it's high or it's low, it's tucked under. And I said, that dog is fearful. That dog is licking its lips. That dog is fearful. And how people can't see that, I don't even know. It's just weird to me. And he went, really? He goes, who would even know that? I said, I know that. <laughs> and so should you. <laughs> I said, I know that. That's what I'm telling you. My other friends started laughing. I said, yeah, that's not right. He goes, well, do you think, you know, do you think it's the same? My wife puts a t-shirt on our dog. I said, does it hurt your dog? Does your dog hate it? Is your dog uncomfortable? He goes, well, no. And so that's the difference. That is the difference. Does it impact their welfare? You know, is it a hairless dog that gets cold in winter? You know what? People dress them up. They give them little pajamas, keep them warm. You know, is it like my Thornton who used to have horrific allergies? So we'd put her in pajamas so she didn't scratch herself till she bled. You know, is it a dog that's just had surgery that wants to lick its stitches, but now he's got pajamas on? You know, is it for a good reason? And I think it's quite easy to determine whether it is or not. So it bothered me immensely. It bothered me immensely that someone thought the veterinarian was the expert on that. Veterinarians are not dog trainers. They are not body language experts. They are not nutritionists. That's not what they are. And why people look to them for that kind of information kind of blows my mind. Veterinarians aren't trained in all areas of animals. They're not. You know, so it bothered me. I don't like it. <laughs> I just don't like it. Now, there are people that do use their pets, you know, um, you know, as their pets are like what we call celebrity dogs, you know, and, you know, they're posting pictures of them with the latest dog bed or whatever. And I, I, I don't see any harm in that. Uh, but then you can also then on the same same token, it can be a similar kind of thing, but you're at every pet event, pimping your dog out, your dog sat on a table for hours, people touching it, petting it, giving it treats. No, that I don't think is right. I think that is, uh, again, back to the welfare thing. Do dogs want to be petted for hours on end? Is it noisy? Do they want to be on the table? Do they want strangers coming up to them? Do they want to eat treats over and over, over again? I think that's, that's, that's how you determine it. Does it. How does it impact the dog? And, uh, you know, I think that's how you decide. So there are some people on social media are so great, so cute. Like I said, I talked about Alicia and Odie and Gracie. You know, she just posts the cutest pictures, you know. Odie was sent, uh, was sent some stuff uh, this week to review and his bandanas and that kind of stuff. And they're just cute photos. Any, like any other photo you would take of your own pets. So I think thinking about the welfare is really important. But dog on skates, mm, big no-no for me don't like that at all i won't do it to my own dog so i don't I certainly don't don't like it when i see other people do it uh, because who does it serve i think that's the question who does it serve and if it doesn't serve the dog well or the cat then you know what you need to do there you go that's my two penneth i was on my i was on oh what do they call it in a soapbox yeah no we have we have a we have a very specific area in london gym and you do stand on a box and it's called something corner speaker's corner I think it's Speaker's Corner. I won't say Prompt Corner, but Prompt Corner is well, a stage term. you have spoke. <laughs> it's all with the you script. You have spoken. I have spoke, spoken. Spoken. And you know what? I make no apologies for, for the way I am. I make no apologies whatsoever. I uh, always come from a place of really caring about animals, and that's why sometimes I get a little bit riled up <laughs> as we 
as we say back home, a little bit wound up about it. <laughs> um, Jim, we've come to the end of the show. I enjoyed today's show immensely. Yes. Oh, I thought you were just going to go, I'm not going to come for well, I'm not going to agree. You didn't, say, you didn't like phrase it in the form of a, uh, will you also comment with me? It was a very clear statement. <laughs> I didn't know that I had to say something after that. So just a quick recap. And remember, I'm going to put all of these links in our show notes as well. The FDA warning over flea and tick medicine, the Pets Act law, uh, my Amazon influencer page and all the uh, good stuff that's on there, including that soft clicker and the shelter dog genotyping uh, reveals inaccuracy when it comes to breed assignments. Um, actually, before we go, I need to check that's going to make me crazy. And our local news of the Las Vegas ambulance company with the therapy dog that's going to be helping them out. So let me see if I can open this link. and Let me just double check whether it should it be inaccurate or accurate? I can't imagine it was 70% accurate. Let's have a little, let's have a little looky-poos here. Read a view available, which I really, really like that. So let's go down to the findings. I still, well, I'm looking at the article and it still says here that the shelter staff accuracy was 67%. The accuracy fell to 10% when staff identified more than one breed. Okay, so they're, ah. they're pretty good at it when it's a single breed. A general. But they're not very good at it when it's more than one breed. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Jim helped me with all my comprehension today. <laughs> I'm always that person. Why can't people comprehend? Well, today is my day to not really comprehend. Thank you, Jim, for the assistance in that. <laughs> you know what helps your, your, your uh, comprehension before we go? reading doesn't matter what you read it improves comprehension it um it improves um critical thinking as well because you get you 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 take in information and you learn how to piece it together mm, i do that a lot i need to do a bit more reading yeah. obviously because cool. i have a little issue today but i hope you have enjoyed today's show as i say show notes will be on the bottom and you'll be able to click on those links and click through and get the information Thanks so much for listening into the show. So appreciate it. We love it when we've got our new listeners. Always exciting. Love it when our regulars come back. Six years and going strong. Six years. How crazy is that, Jim? Super crazy. It is super crazy. But if you have liked the show, and, and definitely if you're listening on your smartphone or see your iPad, there's always that share option. So share it. Share it di directly with your friends and family on your social media networks. And, of course, post pictures of your pets on our Facebook page. And don't forget their names and what it is you love about them. Now, right now, we're heavy on Instagram. So we'd love for you to join us on Instagram, too. And you'll just find us at Vegas Rock Dog. That's where you're going to find us. So we'd love for you to hop on over there. I've got a ton of uh, product reviews coming up. We might have some giveaways as well. And they'll be announced on Instagram. So make your way over there. And, uh, of course... If you're on iTunes, make sure you subscribe, subscribe, and then you'll always get the episodes and the updates when we uh, put them up fresh on the archives. Well, remember, everybody, you can help an animal in need. You can either rescue, adopt, donate, volunteer, or share their information. Rescue your next family member, replace a shop with adopt, and be kind to all animals. And I want to do a quick shout-out to my friend Donna Bristow. She is in the Carolinas as well, and she offered up uh, for anyone with animals to come to her house if they needed shelter. And I just have to say, it's wonderful to have friends who are that 
kind and she really really is so big thank you to donna what a lovely beautiful human being inside and out jim thank you for pushing all the buttons today i so appreciate it thanks for helping me with my comprehension and today you've been listening to vegas rock dog radio where it is all about our pets people and pop culture i'm your host sam the queen of rock and roll dogs and always kiss your pets good morning and good night and i will see you next time Vegas Rock Dog Radio Pets People Pop Culture You've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio Pets People Pop Culture Visit Vegas Rock Dog Radio for more information Find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe on iTunes and iHeartRadio And remember... Give your fur babies a big kiss from me, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. You must not rely on the information in this broadcast from our hosts as an alternative to medical advice from your veterinarian. If you have any specific questions about a medical matter regarding your pets, you should consult your veterinarian or specialist. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.